privilege to be here. It's a beautiful day and it's amazing to be able to worship together in God's presence. Uh, let's just pray. Father God, thank you for your word. I thank you that you um, open it up so freely to us and I pray that we'd leave this morning, uh, this service today, uh, knowing a little bit more of you, Lord Jesus, and changed a little bit by your love and your grace. Amen. So, this morning I'm going to be talking to you from Romans 12, verse 1, but I'm going to talk about scuba diving first. Does anyone here dive? Anyone? No. Well, I've got to be honest and say that I don't dive either. Um, (laughs) My limits are floating around on my lilo uh, with my head in the water with my little snorkeling mask on, looking at all the little fish swim by. But I remember one time uh, we were in Cyprus and I was uh, snorkeling along. Um, and, and we were snorkeling through this, these ruins of a port. And it was really interesting seeing all the little structures under the water. And you could dive down and go and have a look and uh, come back up for air. And as you swam further out, things started to get deeper, but more interesting. So you'd, you'd stretch your limits, you'd go down a bit further. Until you started to see things that, that you couldn't quite get to. You ha- you'd have to go back up and stick on your, your, your scuba diving gear and, and, and go back in. I think that Romans is a little bit like diving. There's always something more there. Uh, You can spend your whole life diving, but you're never going to see all there is in the sea. I think you can spend your whole life looking at Romans and never quite get to the depths of it. There's always going to be some more treasure down there buried that that you can dive down and, and go and get to. So, that's the diving Um, Romans 12, verse 1 2. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing and perfect will. So this morning we're going to talk to you about... um, the therefore, don't conform, and be renewed. So what's the therefore, therefore? (laughs) I think it's a really important word in our faith. Um, There's an action before it, there's a reaction after it. Um, It's a powerful word. So in in a short and condensed version of my testimony, um, I didn't fully believe in God before. Um, I I knew that God was there. I I didn't realise all of his power and all of his might and all of his glory. Um, I, I had a very childlike faith, I uh, kind of knew God was there, but rested in my, my parents' faith. Then he opened my eyes to him, he showed me his glory, showed me everything that Jesus had done for me. Therefore, I will live my life as a living sacrifice to God. It shows that we have roots to our faith. It shows that um, it, it comes from God's mercy. Paul calls us to make some really difficult life choices in the, in the following chapters, um, it, it's, it's a pivotal point in the letter, um, chapters 1 to 11, it's talking about, um, about God's judgment and his wrath and how he sent Jesus to die for us. And it wasn't just the Jews that he died for, he died for everyone, every single one of us in the world. And then there's this big therefore, and then going on, chapters 12 to 16, Paul's writing about how we should live our lives as Christians. It's putting our, our belief into, into action. This is the call to you. This is how you should 
live your life. You're living like this because God is this, and, and therefore this is how we respond. As Christians, we, we live our lives, we go to the shops, we, get, we go to work, we socialize with, with friends, all to show God's, God's mercy. Our existence is to do all of these things, our day-to-day activities, in a way that shows God's mercies. We need to build our lives in a way that shows God to other people. God's mercies and love have been revealed to me through Christ. Therefore, I do this and I don't do that. God's mercies and love has been revealed to me through Christ. Therefore, I speak this way and I don't speak that way. God's mercies and love have been revealed through Christ. Therefore, I cultivate this type of emotion and put these emotions to death. I live my life in this way and not in that way because God showed his mercy to me in such an amazing way. And I exist to testify this. I believe that we all exist as Christians to testify this. The way we live our lives is, is based on something. It, it comes from somewhere. We're not just uh, making up rules. There's a therefore. By doing these things and living like this, we're offering ourselves to God as a living sacrifice. Now, when I hear the word sacrifice, I automatically go back to the, the Old Testament where the, the priests would leave a, lead a live animal into the, the, the temple, stick him on the altar, kill it, sacrifice it, and uh, then cook it and eat it. And I, I don't think God literally wants us to do that. I don't think he, he wants us to plonk ourselves on altars and sacrifice ourselves to him. But what it does mean is that he wants us to die to old ways of thinking. He wants us to be prepared to sacrifice all that we have to him uh, as, a, uh, as a living sacrifice. Um, so he wants us, like we sang in that song, he wants us to use our hands to, to serve him. He wants us to use our feet to go places for him. He wants us to use our hearts to love him and to love other people. Um, he wants us to use our eyes to see need, to, to see people. I, I believe that God wants us to get up in the morning and ask him how can we best serve him today. To tell him and mean it that we're prepared to give all that we have um, in any way to, to serve him and uh, be obedient to him. This is our worship to God. It, it's more than just singing on a Sunday morning. It's how we live our lives throughout the week. By living in the therefore, we're called not to conform to, um, to the patterns of this world. Um, so, if I paint myself blue and uh, put on a white hat and white trousers and shrink to three apples high, what am I? Smurf, Smurf yes. <laughs> if I make myself look like a horse and paint myself white with black stripes or black with white stripes, what am I? <laughs> and if my neck grows really long and I get really knobbly knees and um, turn yellow, what am I? You'll have to excuse the uh, wildlife references. We went to the safari park yesterday. <laughs> but, but our image is important. The way others see us and the way we see ourselves, um, it, it's more than just a, a superficial what, what clothes do I wear or how do I do my hair. I was going to say makeup, but I don't wear makeup. Um, we need to do things, make ourselves look in, in a different way to the world, do things that set us apart from this world. Now, in my faith, sometimes that I always get mixed up by is that we're saved by grace and grace alone, but then we're told that we need to respond in worship and hard work. 
and, and I think that this, this chapter is a really good example of how that plays out. So in, in verse 1 we've got God's mercy, which leads to the worship of God um, in sacrifice and service, done in hub- humility and sober self-assessment because of God's grace and all of his gifts in verse 6. Therefore, we work harder than anyone else in verse 11, resting our identity in Jesus' work and not our own. Yes, we are saved by grace alone, but we should respond in living out worship and devoting ourselves to God. In the letter of James, uh, there's a theme that comes out in, in James 2. It says, What good is it, dear brothers and sisters, if you say you have faith but don't show it by your actions? Can this kind of faith save anybody? It, it's a direct challenge. It's saying, look, if you, if you say you believe, if you say that you have faith, you need to do something about it. He goes on to, to, tell, to give an example of this. So if one of your friends or someone that you know is hungry and they're cold, they need some clothing, is it any good if you just go up to them and say, hey, I'm sorry you're in that situation. I hope you stay warm and I hope someone feeds you. Goodbye. You've done them no good. Your, your faith has not changed your life. It hasn't changed their life. Um, he challenges further. He says, show me your faith without deeds and I will show you my faith by my deeds. By living out our faith, we're, we're changing our image. We're changing the way the world sees us. We're being countercultural. So as my parents will attest, when I was, I was younger, I used to like taking things apart and uh, trying to put them back together. The, the putting back together didn't always work as planned. Um, <laughs> but I, I love designing things. It's, it's why I went into to be an engineer. And uh, I, I used to like drawing things on paper. And, and when I was younger, I designed a flying car. It looked a little bit like this one, but not quite as good. It's kind of a 10-year-old's take on that. Um, I also designed a, a perpetual motion machine that looked nothing like that, but that was an example I found on, on the internet. Um, unless I took these sketches, these, these drawings, and made them into something physical, into something tangible, there was no, there was no testing. That they didn't go from concept to reality. They weren't going to change the world. They weren't going to change my life. I think that unless... Our faith goes from something that we just believe in, in here to, to something that we're living out and um, ch- changing the world with. Um, it, it's not going to be of any real value. So don't conform to this world. Live out your faith. Ask God how you can um, to show him to, to other people. Be strong and confident in the image of God. So... Be renewed. We do so many things instinctively in life. Uh, we don't think about every decision, every reaction, every conversation that we have. Um, so if someone asks you, how are you today? You don't, you don't get out your little pocket Bible and, and flick to the Old Testament and try and work out what, what a correct response is to that. When someone asks you if you want tea or coffee, you don't flick to the Bible and pray to God and, and ask for guidance on that decision, unless you're in Starbucks and then you need as much guidance as you can get. Um, what do I wear? What do I eat? Which seat should I sit in? Uh, should, should I change gear in my car now? Uh, what should I say to this person in this conversation? Uh, I asked the internet 
uh, the internet as a, as a person, clearly, uh, how many decisions we make each day. And, and the answer came back with 35,000 decisions a day. So about a decision every other waking second, we make a lot of decisions. Whether that statistic is true or false, I, I couldn't tell you. Um, but we do make a lot of decisions, each one shaping our lives in, in, in little ways, some of them shaping our lives in big ways. How aligned our, our minds are to, to God on that day will change the way that, that we make some of those decisions. They're almost like reflex decisions. When you, when you move, you can have kind of thought-out movements, or if something hits you or your hand gets burnt, you have a reflex reaction. Um, I, I think we make decisions in the same way. Some decisions we'll, we'll think out, we'll plan out, but a lot of them will just automatically go to a, a response. So this passage says uh, uh, in verse 2, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing and perfect will. So, transformed by the renewing of your mind. When I, when I saw this, I didn't really know what it meant, uh, if I'm honest. So, and, and the first thing that, that came to mind, um, probably from uh, childhood of playing with toys, was Transformers. So, this is Optimus Prime. He's uh, the, the good guy. And, and he transforms from, from this, this truck into like a Decepticon-fighting robot. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> He's unrecognisable. He, he goes from one thing to another, but, but in a good way. Um, when, when we get transformed as Christians, we turn from one thing into something completely different. We're, our way of thinking should almost be unrecognisable to, to how it was when we were, b- before we were saved. You may ask, uh, why does my mind need to be transformed? I've been a Christian all my life. Uh, I don't do anything particularly wrong. or I, I live my life in a, in a way that is, is all right. I think that unless we're tuned into God, unless, we're, unless our mind has been transformed by God, we're open to sin more, we're open to temptation. It's easier for sin to just get fingernails into, into a little area of our life and, and, and try and take hold there. If our minds are transformed to be aligned with what God wants, we're told that we'll be able to see what God's will is. Um, we'll know what he wants for us. Now, in, in speaking to you, I, when, I, when I put together talks and um, I want to come and speak. I don't want to be like a, a travel agent. I, I don't want to try and sell you a, a destination that, that I've not been there bef- myself before, if, if that makes sense. So when I'm, I'm preparing and when I'm writing the talk, I'm praying to God for, for God to change me, my life, to, to show me what he wants to do and, and what his will is. So this week I've been, I've been really praying that he'd just transform my, my, my mind, uh, carry on that transformation process that takes me one step closer to him. Uh, and I've, I'm sure there's many decisions that I've made this week where I've, I've made them slightly differently because 
because God's been there in my mind and working on me. Uh, one example is at work, we were on Tuesday, we were just about to sign off a big project to, to get shipped up to our site, and it, it's a robot. And we were sitting outside the robot drinking tea and coffee, chatting, as you do, when suddenly there was this almighty bang, and uh, it felt like the whole room shook. And I, I'd imagine that if, if God wasn't working in my mind, uh, my, my reaction would have been quite, quite different. It's a <laughs> I work in a manufacturing environment, and uh, the, the language isn't particularly um, child-friendly, shall we say? And, and that sometimes gets in, that sometimes gets into my mind. And sometimes when things like that happens, when robots shake the room, um, some of that comes out. And I know that because God has been working in my mind, I managed to stay calm, to be able to assess the situation better, to, to be able to, to take a step back and think, right, what do we need to do, rather than just going to a, a fit of rage almost. Jesus came for us to have life to the full. He wants us to have the best life possible. He wants us to, um, to, to live to the full and be free in Christ. In Galatians 5, um, it's written that it's for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. He wants us to be transformed. He doesn't want us to do things because we think that we should, but he wants us to do things because we want to do them. When we get transformed, we don't swap a list of simple things for a, a list of non-simple things. A list of things that we do doesn't suddenly turn into a list of things that we, we don't do. Jesus came for us to have life to the full. If God had given us a list of do's and don'ts, um, which he... He did in the Old Testament, he, he gave the Jews a list of do's and don'ts. But that list con- condemned them. N- no one can measure up to God's standard. No one can, can meet the requirements that, that God wants to, to put on our lives. God offers us freedom. God doesn't counter this, this list of sinful behavior, this, this sin that can come into our lives with, with a list of knows, but he gives us a life-giving list of gifts and fruits of the Spirit. We get given gifts to use. Now, if you think about gifts, you, you don't give a gift to somebody you don't like. Um, and, and when you're trying to choose a gift, you, you go to the shops, you, you have a think about what that person might want, what they might need, uh, what they're going to use. Uh, you, there's a lot of thought that goes into it. Uh, in the end, you, you get what you can afford, but, but God doesn't need to worry about the money side of things. I've realized quite recently that, that God really blesses us with gifts. Um, they're not burdens. We get gifts that we can use in service. I love spending time with people. I love opening up our home and, and feeding people and uh, playing games with people. And I almost feel guilty that... that, that that gift is a little bit too easy for me to use, that that gift of hospitality comes a little bit too easily to me. I think with, with other people, like people get given the gifts of music, look at our, all our wonderful musicians here, they serve God with something that they love doing. Um, some people love teaching, some people love mentoring, some people are given the gift of drinking coffee with people, just so they can come alongside them and mentor them through issues. 
I think that God really wants us to, to use our gifts, to enjoy using our gifts. Our gifts aren't something that should be like a, whoa, I can't, I can't do that. There should be something that we just flow with and can be passionate about. God wants us to have life to the full. And I think that by using our gifts, we can, uh, we can achieve that. God wants us to, to stand out. I, I, th- I believe that he wants us to be countercultural. In society, I think that we get told quite a lot that we should accept everything. Uh, we should be accepting of everyone and, and everything and everyone's ideas. And morally, nothing is wrong. It's just, it's just a different choice. But I think that as Christians, we're, we're really called to, to stand up for, for our faith, for what we believe in, to be prepared to say no to things that are wrong. So bullying, uh, poverty, relationships, uh, how much you should drink when you're out with your mates, uh, where are the lines with sex, all of these things we need to look at through a transformed mind. We need to find God's will in these things and be prepared to live it out. I think that if we say that we love God and we have faith, we have a duty to not automatically copy the ways of this world. Not to go with the flow, but pray that we'd look at situations in a way that God wants us to look at situations. Act in the way that God wants us to act. Be transformed into new ways of thinking, living to the full and living out good, pleasing and perfect lives. We've looked at a very rich couple of verses in the space of only half an hour. Um, when, when I was looking into this, this topic, I, I found a, a chap in America who spent six sermons on the same two verses. So just be thankful I'm not keeping you here for three hours. <laughs> I really pray that you've had a taste of some of God's awesomeness that just seems to be flowing out of Romans. And just go back over them in your own time at some point this week. Swim round them, put on your scuba diving gear and go and immerse yourself in these treasures that are, that are there. I want you to be, I want to challenge you to be renewed, to ask God to transform your mind so that the decisions that you make in this coming week would be in line with what God wants you to do and how God wants you to live his life. We believe all these amazing things about God. Therefore, go and do something about it. Live out your faith and show yourselves as being one belonging to God. Get the band to come up. Father God, I, I pray that you'd, you'd just challenge each one of us to go out this week and really want to serve you, to, to lay our lives down, to, to serve you in the best way that we possibly can, Lord. Father God, change us, Lord, and guide us. Amen.